and welcome to a very smegging special Empire podcast where we're joined by Craig Charles, Chris Barry and show co-creator Doug Naylor in honour of Red Dwarf's return to our screens on day for its 10th series. Needless to say, it's going to get very geeky very quickly, so if you don't know your scutters from your talky toasters, you may want to listen away now. Still with us? Then let's begin. So let's ask the, the question that I'm sure we've been asked a thousand times, but when you were first approached about Red Dwarf, did you have any idea what a genuine cult phenomenon you had in your hands, or was it just, no offence, another job? Actually, we just thought we were going to do a couple of, uh, two series at the most, of like of this sort of quaint, curious BBC Two sci-fi comedy, and then get on with the rest of our careers. Because um, the kind of template for sitcoms back then was like you quit after two series while you're ahead, and then just uh, then you then you move on like Faulty Towers and the Young Ones and things like that, and that's what I thought we were going to do, and then it all just went a bit peak tongue. Yeah, it, it was one of those things where you think it's going to either, you know, either 10 people and a dog are going <laughs> to like it or, or you know, the whole, you know, it's 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 going to be, it's going to go skywards, you know, it's mm. going to take off big time. And, and that's what it did. Um, but there kind of were no indications at the time. It's all, it was all so, I mean, we knew how incredibly clever and funny it was, but we just thought, you know, it's up to that audience, you know, are they going like to like it or not? You know, for me personally, you know, I was completely always being asked to impersonate David Coleman at the time. So um, it was uh, a relief to do something which as, as, as kind of myself, you know, I don't want to always spend my life doing this, you know, and uh, so many extraordinary uh, people say extraordinary. Or Ronnie Reagan, one of those people as well. I, I wanted to get away from impersonations having worked with with Rob and Doug on um, on spitting image anyway, so uh, so no, it was it was that thing. You know, is it going to go skywards or is it just going to die a death after one series? Can I also say I remember saying at the beginning how it was going to be gigantic mm. and telling you it was going to be gigantic before we started, mm. thinking it was going to be like not the nine o'clock news, huge for three years and then dead. And I remember you calling me up mm. saying. Man, what happened? You said it was going to be a big hit, and this was at the end of series two. Oh, yeah. And I'm going, no, it will be, honest, it will, it will. And actually, the thing that made it hit, that turned the tipping point, Mm. was an American journalist called and said it was bigger than Python in the States. It was just one journalist. And then every interview we did, we said it's bigger than Python in the States. (laughs) And then all the papers printed, massive cult Red Dwarf hit. And then it became a hit. Sometimes you've got to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you've just got to lie, do you know what I mean? You speak to journalists here, yeah. 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 <laughs> Create your own, yeah. you know. And this is, Red Wolf 10 is a giant hit. Oh, it's a giant hit in America already. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's like a multi, multi, multi-nation release all tomorrow. It's going out in yeah. Japan, China, India, yeah. America, Wales. Australia, Wales. <laughs> so so after, after Series 2, Craig, you were still going, when's it going to be a hit? <laughs> no, I can't no, believe you go, when's it going to be a hit? You know, <laughs> screaming that, audience. No one, no one took any notice of the first series. We're a hit. Uh, yeah, we're a hit now. Yeah. But it did end up being um, the, the BBC Two's uh, highest ever rated show, which I don't think I'll ever get beaten now, because, I mean, it was like 8.99 million on series eight. eight. And mm. um, and that'll never get beaten now. I mean, the climate of television has mm. completely changed, you know, with all these Niche audiences spread out, yeah. Um, 
And it's the longest running science fiction show after Doctor Who. After Doctor Who. That's mental. It's always after Doctor Who, though, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, they have like. Um, <laughs> I mean, they had a they had a competition in the Radio Times for like the best um, science fiction show ever, but not counting Doctor Who. You know what I mean? It was like so, and we won that, but they weren't counting Doctor Who. You know, Doctor Who. It has to be said, the cast has changed over the a decades. Little. So yeah. they're yeah. cheating. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. also been running since yeah, the mid nineteenth century. Yeah, how could it be with William so. yeah. then, it's still in it? It wouldn't be big then. It wouldn't be. Big. It wouldn't We're be big then. No. People would be complaining he was too old. <laughs> He's too old for the role. Yeah. But I think they should do Doctor Who. They should wait till the, the, the person who is incumbent as the Doctor actually dies before they change the Doctor. <laughs> See, that is cheating. Uh, yeah. let, let the There's so many Doctors still alive, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Just we can't get any more work. Like, we've given enough publicity for Doctor Who. <laughs> I think it's time we let the interviewers get a word in anyways. Otherwise, um... Great series, Doctor Who, BBC One. <laughs> <laughs> is it true that when you did the first season, because it was science fiction, you told the BBC that we could shoot it in the canteen? <laughs> no, we, no, that's we, not true we at all. We lied and said that it was a science fiction series without science fiction mm-hmm. because we knew they didn't like science fiction. Okay. Uh, and then we sort of um, the first we tried to pretend that there wasn't very much science fiction in it, and then sort of crept it in. And Future Echoes, I think, was the fourth or fifth show we recorded, but we put it out second. Yeah. Um, and that was very science fiction And that was very science fiction In fact, yeah, we were all a bit, oh my God, is this going to work? What even does this mean? We didn't even understand it while we were making it. No, no, to be honest. it was a... No, that was Stacey's week. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that double scene with you guys, with the future echoes, yeah, where it, the first time it's nonsense and the second time it makes sense, yeah. that was really, really hard to rehearse. Mm, yeah. Because you had to believe... Yeah, because we know. Do you remember the series? I remember it. Yeah. yeah, and I walk through and I'm looking That's at it. nothing. Yeah, and then the second yeah. time I do it, I'm looking at you. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. difficult to rehearse. Yeah. <laughs> difficult to understand. <laughs> While I'm myth busting, another thing. So the model of the Red Dwarf mm. was blown up in Angels and Demons, wasn't it? It's the end of season series five. End of series five. Is that right? Oh, it's a bit geeky. Uh, that. Uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, says, it says on the internet, which I'm sure we can all agree is <laughs> never factually incorrect, right. that. That was the only model of the ship, and because it got blown up, that's the reason Series 6 is set on Starbuck. Is that true? No, that's not true. Um, um, the Red Dwarf model, the original one, was on the BBC and fell off a shelf. <laughs> and that's the reason it's on Starbuck on Series 6. Uh, so we didn't have Red Dwarf. So all the shots that you see of Red Dwarf in space, all those flybys, are, were recorded uh, for show one and we just repeated them endlessly because we didn't have a Red Dwarf because it had fallen off the shelf. Mm. Um, and we went back looking for them this time and couldn't find them again. And actually, there was a little Red Dwarf in Captain Hollister's office from the first series that was about eight inches long, and that's the that red little Red Dwarf is used in later series, just as a long shot. And then, of course, there's the CG as well. Now. Uh, and, and then we built a big long one for when we did the remastering. For uh, other series, and and it completely changed shape then, and it completely changed shape to a pencil. Um, <laughs> it that, looked like a lilette, really, <laughs> which wasn't popular. <laughs> so we slowly crept it back, and we've done a um, shipectomy on it for this new lot because so, it's a completely different shape again. Yeah, so it's gone back to more like the original. Mm. So there, there, there you, you go. go. That's the yeah. You're asking questions that we don't know the answers to <laughs> deliberately. <laughs> I think we're going to fail this quiz. Well, speaking of quizzes, I had the great pleasure in part of researching this interview um, was watching Universe Challenge. 
um, which is on YouTube. You need to get out more. I do a bit. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they say in Universe Challenge there's a question which which has the pictures of Madonna and Bill Clinton and Oasis and Rupert Murdoch that are all supposed to be big fans of the show or at least passing fans of the show. Mm-hmm. Isn't that in any way true? And have you heard of any other slightly? Well, I, I know it's true fans. in Madonna's case because she was in an LA recording studio with a load of musicians and tech guys that mm. I um, that I know, and uh, she turned around and was quizzing them about Red Dwarf. So uh, she wasn't singing tongue tied or anything. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought that. Uh, up, having, having said that, when we well, uh, there was one stage we were trying to get hold of it uh, to do um, when we were trying to get the movie, we wanted it or we wanted to play the Cat Queen or something like that. Well, it was maybe that was just my idea, my fantasy. <laughs> play the cat queen but then uh, someone did point out that she's actually box office poison when, yes, it, comes yeah. to, when it comes to movies you know unfortunately yeah, yeah. But, yeah I know she's a bit, a bit of a fan yeah. I don't know about Bill Clinton Bill, no, Clinton? Bill Clinton I don't know where that came from but mm. we did call the White House <laughs> to, to get verification and we spoke to his press secretary and we said we've heard this mm. and we want to publicise it can you call us back if it's not true and they ah. didn't call us back. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. well, but Bill was probably busy yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he should have got on the line to phone. He should, yeah. It's <laughs> probably, <laughs> it's probably if it's not true, phone yeah. us yeah. back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, we, we, can, we can still yeah. do that. That's the great technique. I think uh, Patrick Stewart's a fan of oh, Patrick yes. Stewart is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did, he, he did our... 10th, 10th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was fifteen years ago. And Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Yeah. They, did they? Did he introduce can't smeg, won't smeg, or something along those lines? Um, Stephen Hawking or Patrick Stewart? You either one of them. One of them. Patrick Stewart. Uh, yeah, introduced the whole tenth anniversary evening, and Stephen Hawking. Uh, <clears throat> we did an interview with him about Red Wolf, didn't he? I met a Stephen Hawking once. Didn't we get on with him? It's not what he said. It's the it's the way he said it. <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm here all week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here all week. <laughs> I'm glad Ali brought up uh, the tongue-tied single that you guys released. Um, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Sorry, I can help myself. <laughs> How exactly did that come about? Uh, I think Danny wanted to do a dance routine, didn't he? I think it was... It was, yeah, and, it was and didn't he hassle you and hassle you and hassle you? Did he want to do a single? I think we were all in the hotel, because we used to make this show in from Manchester then didn't we we used to mm. in the hotel we drunk too much beer mm. and then it suddenly became like an amazingly great idea that we should write a song and do that I think mm. that's where it was born well these these guys that um, had a, had pre- previous they had previous right? yeah, yes they had previous in fact they've yeah. sold a single that sold more than Hey Jude okay so we wanted to get in on that act you know uh, I was in that single as well yeah yeah, yeah. hold a chicken in the air yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. did you do the B side though that's the, uh, that's the I wasn't I held the dolly in the back of an yeah. aircraft. Not so. involved. Um, yeah. But um, I'm the living proof that black guys ain't got that much rhythm because when we were doing that dance routine, it was absolute hell. And they built like I think a, you were actually worse than me. Oh, definitely. Well, they gave us wooden heel shoes and a glass dance floor, so it was it was quite a, it was quite difficult to keep your foot in for a start. And rehearsal. I mean, how how long's tongue tied? You know, three minutes, two and a half yeah, minutes. Yeah. You know, the other sort of twenty six minutes of comedy. You know, yeah. we, we sort of spent half an afternoon yeah, rehearsing. Yeah. <laughs> we spent four and a half days. Sort of going, <laughs> <laughs> One, rub, two, rub three, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight. And then on the day, it was all <laughs> the old shot yeah. of us sort yeah. of going. Dah, 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 dah. And just you know. Danny flouncing around. <laughs> it's so catchy though. How good was music? And when he came 
with the theme tune. He played it. She was on the piano yeah. in the BBC rehearsal rooms, yeah. and and he and he said all these words, and we just thought, oh well, he's just making these words up. He'll go away, and he'll write some words. <laughs> you know, exactly what I thought. Yeah. And then when he gave us the finished tune, it was just exactly the words that we thought he just made up. <laughs> and I was thinking, this isn't about outer space at all. <laughs> What's it about? Um, yeah. <laughs> It's it, when Howard Goodall when he's on Classic FM. I sometimes feel like he's sort of just waxing lyrical about Sibelius and everything. <laughs> I feel like Freddie goes, like, "Give us a burst of tongue tied and me. That's your music, son. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, you're a fake and a phony." <laughs> what was the thing with Esperanto? We had, we did start in the end, didn't we? I think it was just to try and make it kind of new worldy and. There was this uh, fact that people were all together and there was a, a common language. In the future, everyone speaks a world sort of language. Yeah. There are still a lot of people, apparently, who do speak that, which kind of blows my mind a lot. I was doing quite well with it, actually. <laughs> Charmite, Charmite, there is a frog yeah. in my bidet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, to the station. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a international language that yes that was the idea yeah. yes but it hasn't it hasn't really taken it up, hasn't really um, when you say there's people that speak it I mean how many I can't. there's a pub yeah. in Norwich <laughs> yeah. so. oh the Esperanto <laughs> yeah yeah uh, a really good plug as well it's such, yeah. <laughs> the Esperanto society we <laughs> <laughs> meet in a pub in Norwich <laughs> Indeed. I think it should have been Esperanto. the official language of the internet then everyone would have learned it see I'm curious about whether you kept any mementos from the set. Ooh, um, a lot ends up in skips as well, doesn't it? Just gets oh yeah, it's, it's it's sad when you leave yeah. when at the end of it when they're all yeah. clearing it out and you're seeing bits of things and you're thinking, you know, people people on eBay pay a fortune for that and you just yeah. stuck it in a skip. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've got one of the little scutters somewhere. Oh, really? not not the working scutters. No, mm. no, the um, one of the little sort of babies. Mm. And what is the eBay lot number for that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's after the show. I had a scutter. It's in my room. <laughs> children and they played with it as a real toy and now it ain't no more yeah. like I've got all I've got Lister's jackets all the jackets he wore and I've got his boots and leather trousers I've got his leather shorts somewhere isn't it wow <laughs> you I never wear them I want to get them out for Mrs Charles <laughs> to be fair Chris you must have an H somewhere I've got a few H's yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a, few, <laughs> a few H's sort of uh, dotted around the place um, after being in hospital getting them off <laughs> yeah no so they um, they stay in a little box. You I used wear to wear them at home. Then. No, 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 no. I used to have uh, Lister's um, dreadlocks coming out the machine heads of my guitar, and, it, and it, that looked really good. But again, I've got children and they use them as toys. <laughs> I've got a Mr. Flibble. Oh, have you? I was. Is, is he I... very cross? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, livid. Bloody livid. Um, and of course, I thought it was quite exclusive until I went to, to the a shop. Oh. Convention <laughs> next door and forbidden planet. <laughs> yeah. I thought, oh, you've all got them. <laughs> Even in eye shot here, there's probably 57 pebbles. You know what's going on? You passed on keeping the gingham dress. No, he's got the gingham dress. Uh, they gave me the boots back. <laughs> so, yeah, a few, a few little things. I guess we have to ask, do you in any way regret coming up with the term smeg because surely it must haunt you it's um, it's one of those things that people do shout at me quite a lot <laughs> or just the word <laughs> smeg how you do smeghead when you're trying to walk down the road being dropped <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to impress a young lady or whatever and, uh, and a white van man will roll up and wind up and I go how you doing smeghead where's your cat <laughs> uh, uh, it has followed me round a lot um, I, I, it was it was invented by Doug and, and, and Rob. I think um, I think uh, if the BBC knew what it was short for, <laughs> but it, no, it's not. It wasn't. It was the first part of that word, mm. and then the second part of 
dickhead. Mm. So we thought putting mm. them together, you would have a brand new word. Mm. But wait, if they knew what smeg was, was smeg, it's, it's a fridge. It's it a is fridge. also yeah. a fridge. Yeah. It's an Italian fridge. Yeah. But if they, well, the full word has an MA on the end of it, I think is the word that you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. And Whereas, if they knew what that word's was. What's that then? <laughs> <laughs> right, smeg actually means clean. I think. Oh, really? Mm. That's in the story. original oh, Esperanto. In the original, no, in the original something, there is a word smeg which means clean. Uh, Not that we went clean head. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you meant more smeg my head. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we were trying to get something like in porridge where it was naff and this and naff in there. Because they invented, porridge invented naff. And we cancelled. So we wanted something. We like invented that. smeg. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Well, I'm sure the fridge manufacturer will be <laughs> yeah. eternally grateful to you. Put it in the smeg fridge. I'm not quite sure now. <laughs> Red Dwarf Unplugged. Was this a thing that I read about on the internet where you were going to kick around a table and go through classic scenes and stuff at one point? Was this for a, was this for a convention or something? Um, well, well, it was muted uh, by uh, Doug and. Uh, I think we all went. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be part of the 09 yeah. specials. So. Yeah, because originally that was supposed to be the, the the start of that whole idea was uh, UK TV wanted you guys in costume introducing some clips, mm. old clips, mm. and then it was well if you're going to get them in costume, why don't you? Why don't I write a script and we could do a show? And then that one show turned into two shows, mm. and then the budget didn't really cover a third show so it was a sort of improvised let's ask around and see what happens mm. and then they didn't really like that and so they said well, you can give us another show for free is so, it like <laughs> us four sat on office chairs sort of <laughs> sipping yeah, tea I thought it would be funny in terms of were well, you doing all the special effects like it's almost like a rehearsal process mm. yeah you know where you become Starbuck and you sit on the chairs and do all that but like you know that's great in your head uh, <laughs> you know what I mean that's yeah. great in your head I, didn't, I wouldn't even yeah, want to speak you also need an audience yeah, yeah you need an audience yeah. I think that would really let us very vulnerable as yeah. performers, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, that's well, it would have been you and Robert like chatting that. to the audience, <laughs> Danny and I sort of fumbling about at the back, him probably falling asleep for a while, and <laughs> me sort of saying, I'm going to get some coffee. <laughs> that's kind of what it would end up. Uh, um, so. Robert's very good in front of an audience. He never comes out of character. Oh, really? When we film a in front of a live studio audience, so he spends the whole three and a half hours in character. That must be exhausting. Well, I hit him quite often. <laughs> <laughs> just, get, just get quite annoying, to be honest. <laughs> so if you'd done this unplug, would you have just picked like the uh, the scene from White Hole where you just go round and round and round again and again? What scene was that? Was I there? Yeah, you were. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, round and round. Yeah, same the You know the one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know the one. Uh, I've never seen one before. No yeah. one has, but I'm guessing it's a white hole. Very good impression. Hey. I'm not Chris, but I try. Hey, look at that. You do the other cast, though, don't you? For us. Mix it up. This is radio. Oh, sir. So can... After doing your impersonation of me, sir, I am quite... What's the word, Mr. Lister, sir? Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Cat, sir, have you anything to say? Ah, six of my nipples are tingling. Um, is that right? Um, um, ah, Rim, I just want to go. I just don't want to stay here, man, with you. Any of these bad actors? No, what's the point in being here, man? <laughs> we really didn't need anyone else on, did we? We just had you do everyone. Yeah. And then there's Doug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no. That's funny, yeah. No, that's not funny, yeah, yeah. And Norman. And Norman. Oh, yeah, Norman, yeah. Why, why am I in the bloody show now, then? <laughs> How's your Dwayne? <laughs> what was the Holly thing? Was it was it Norman's commute? Was that what originally took him out of the show? Because he was up in Edinburgh at the time, wasn't he? He didn't want to come down for rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to arrive on show night. 
and read read the lines off her off her auto prompt and so there was a bit of a, a squabble with him and Paul Jackson who was the executive producer and so it didn't happen and then he came back he left for love though didn't he he left <laughs> he, for love he had he, he fallen in love followed yeah. his heart to Edinburgh yes. yeah and um, <laughs> and Norman was like you know kind of an older middle aged guy and, and she and his missus his, his, I've looked 50 since I was a fetus <laughs> <laughs> and his missus was lovely and he sort of followed his heart and left for love bless him but then he came back then he came back but now he's, now he's not in it because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't now want to. Uh, he didn't want it. No, he retired. I think. Oh, he, surely he could have done it over Skype. Now he's on a screen <laughs> yeah. anyway. So don't give him ideas because that's it. He'll be on the phone. Yeah, I can do it on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Norman, yeah. If you have a chat with him, he, he's. Uh, Oh, look, understandably, you know, he, he's got some strident opinions about things the way they are now, but, um, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's a show in itself. You <laughs> <laughs> should get him on. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a much better interview than it those was. two other farts, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Get Norman on to tell us why he's not in Red Dwarf. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a whole magazine article in itself. I mean, usually, I've, I've been with Norman on stage in a Q&A, and he sort of goes, look, I just want to say that I like Chris. I like Chris. I like Rob. I like Danny. <laughs> Craig's never here, so he's not at these. So I don't. I, I do like him though. I like. I think, I think they're all good. They're all great, great performances. But <laughs> and, and then he goes into it. <laughs> but I'm not going to go into it now. That is such a good. What I mean, there are there are lots of great. I mean, to me, the the the, the Rimmer Lister best episode is probably Marooned, which is the one where it's just the two of you and Starbuck, which is fantastic. What I mean, do you have a, a favourite? Scene favorite episode. I do like that marooned in so much as I thought it would make a great stage play, and um, and we have muted that because I mean it'd just be like the the idea. I mean, you can fly in things. Now I went to see Mary Poppins and the flying in that was absolutely brilliant. Took my daughters and they were like, well, it's like Wonderland, you know. Uh, but you know, just imagine the Starbuck flying over the heads of the audience, crash landed on stage, <laughs> and was getting out and sort of like doing maroon. The thought would make a. I've always said it's one of my favourite episodes, actually, Maroon, because because mm. of the two-hander element mm. and the sort of changes that you have to go through, and then the whole denouement of mm. you know the camphorwood chest and everything yeah. is, uh... and the emotional journey of it all. Now, where they're sort of being honest with each other and things like that, you know, and sort of letting their guard down a little bit. Yeah, I know, was... well, I like that. But there's other episodes that I like for all for different reasons, you know. Mm. I mean, time slides I really like because. I had my kid brother in it, and you got to meet Hitler, and I got to meet Hitler, and um, I got uh, I got to be uh, married to uh, or engaged to Ku Stark, who was a hottie, and uh, I got to urinate champagne into a pond. <laughs> I mean, all great, uh, you know, iconic yeah. things for me to do. Boxes do ticked. All of my bucket list, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never got the urinating <laughs> No, di- dimension jump is the other one I would say because we met uh, Ace for the yes, first time. You fantastic. had fantastic. Ace. A lot of people say, why why isn't Ace the main rimmer? And I say, well, if Ace was the main rimmer, you'd actually get bored of it after a while, like flicking hair back and saying, hey, Spanners, you know, I'll well, be brilliant at everything, you know. I mean, whereas Smeghead Rimmer, there we go again, uh, is that he's the fuel for comedy. So, um, you know, uh, that's why he's, it's not always Ace. But to have them together for the first time, big boys in boots and all this sort of stuff was, was fantastic, you know. And the wig that day. That you can't. I used to walk down the yes. corridor at Shepperton, and yes. people didn't know it was me. It just looked so natural. You look like Jason Donovan in Crime. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't, it? Isn't it? Where's Kylie? Hey, where's <laughs> Kylie? <laughs> no, Paul Jackson didn't recognise me. I could sort of disappear uh, for the day. You know, he was, um, 
Jay Wilde's sort of a new electrician or something. Yeah? <laughs> that's, that's what he's one of my favourite guest characters in the whole series, is Ace Rimmer, though. I mean, perfectly played as well, perfectly yeah. pitched. I'm curious as whether Ace Rimmer's lines are the lines that you get asked most to say. Are there specific lines that people say, oh, say that, please? I don't know. I get, let's, can you say, let's get out there and swat it? I get that a bit. Yeah. And I, I generally say, no. No, no, I can't. No. Sorry, I'm eating my dinner. Let your mind go away, please. You're scaring my children. But yeah, I do get quite a lot of... Um, smoke me a kipper. Smoke me a kipper. Mm, I'll be back to see that. How much of the scene do you want me to, <laughs> to write on a yeah. photograph? Although I do like stoking a clipper, I'll be back for Christmas. I like that yeah. one. Uh, there's one specific line, which is you um, you asking to go to Red Alert and crying. <laughs> it does mean changing the, the bowl, sir. There are so many brilliant lines. You know, that's the joy of any Red Dwarf script. You know, you, uh, you're reading it and you're laughing, it, laughing at it mm. immediately. And... Um, I'd like to say, and this is not just because we're here to hype the show or anything like that, but in this new series of Red Dwarf, there is at least three of the episodes that I would put in my all-time top ten wow. of Red Dwarf episodes. Wow, that is high praise. So, I mean, and that's genuine as well. I mean, some some amazing writing, some amazing uh, some amazing performances as well. Like, you know. And I'm dead lucky because, like, you know, you've got Robin, Chris and Danny, who are all really good at what they do, like, and um, I just try and hold on to their shirt tails and not get exposed (laughs) I think Craig um, Fathers and Sons one of the episodes in in Red Dwarf 10 is uh, a tour de force by Craig and um I praise. Given the backslapping exercise now, the history of the week, I think uh, you had a dose of flu, if mm-hmm. I remember. And um, you know, to actually pull that performance out, even healthfully, uh, full health, would have been amazing. But to do it um, when you were bedbound with uh, man flu, you did superbly, mate. Well done. Thank you, dear boy. Um, in that show, Craig plays two parts: Lister and Lister's dad. Mm-hmm. Lister's dad, of course, is Lister. Mm-hmm. This is his own dad. Uh, I went back in time and left myself under the pool table in the Egg Bear Farms. I was in Liverpool recently and I went into the Egg Bear Farms and you know what? They went and bought a pool table afterwards because so many people went into the, <laughs> into the Egg Bear Farms saying, where's the pool table? Where's the pool table? They had to bloody buy one. <laughs> there you go. Right? It's all your fault. <laughs> you brought pool to the real Egg Bear Farms. There wow. we go. Because <laughs> it's a real pub in Liverpool just outside yeah. of Toxton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had to go and buy a pool <laughs> <laughs> were there any moments when you were starting a, actually shooting an episode where you went what are we doing we've bitten off far more than we can chew here oh so many times we've got to create a western here now how are we going to do it well luckily that was already built that was a that's a that's that was a, in that's, Kent, in Kent. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a cowboy village where people uh, you've got to have a hobby don't look like that <laughs> right <laughs> right where people dress up as cowboys and go and live like cowboys for the weekend eating tins of beans or on, yeah. the, on the campfire and stuff like that so that was kind of already built for us think shooting things like backwards was just an absolute nightmare from start to finish you know you just couldn't get your head around it yeah. and then especially when because a lot was changing sometimes we're moving forwards through time or and the other people are moving backwards and then we're moving backwards through time and people are moving forwards mm. and back then you couldn't play the tapes backwards as easily and they were blowing up did you just drink a lot of Erskib beforehand uh, yeah Erskib because yeah. <laughs> you know you'd you think bits of backwards wouldn't be Erskib but it is which is strange isn't yeah. it? <laughs> one of the funniest things in that episode was Arthur Smith coming in and of course as it was all going to be backwards he could sort of walk in and go right you pair of twats and, he, and uh, much more after that he could yeah. just do it forwards and that was hilarious you know he just presented whatever he said whatever he wanted to but like within weeks the, the, the anoraks had 
sort of and technicians had reversed it and found out what he really said. When this all began, could it all have? I, I read that it could have turned out differently. That you actually had read for different roles. That you read for the cat. Is that right? At one point, no, or looked no, at the no. Cat? Um, the, uh, Paul Jackson, because it was like it was. Got to remember the sort of political landscape at the time. Yeah. It was like the eighty. It was it was all PC. We were doing Saturday Night Live at the time. Mm. And all like me, Ben Elton, Harry Enfield, Fry and Laurie, and all that. It was all kind of like PC. And they want they so Paul sent me the script, asking me because I was the radical poet at the time and uh, asking me if I thought the part of uh, the cat was racist. And I turned around and said, No, I don't think the part of the cat's racist. Can I play Lister? No, oh, no, 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 piss off. Uh, <laughs> you're a poet. No, go on, <laughs> be off with you. And um, so and I begged and begged and begged and begged. And it already it already been cast with other people. Um, I um, might have read once in one of the auditions uh, the part of of Lister. I mean, because I, I, in many ways, part a lot of me is actually like Lister. I'm actually probably not the tidiest person in the world, and you know that sort of. So, um, so there was something I could have brought to that, you know. But it, it, a lot of it kind of depends on the, the foil, you know. I'd like to go on record that Lister would never wear a green cordray suit. Okay? <laughs> I want that on the record. <laughs> Just for those listening, that's because Chris is currently wearing a green cordray suit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm here to teach you all geography today, <laughs> but I'm looking for my leather elbow patches so if anyone's seen them. IMDb has Alan Rickman listed as being connected to it at one point. Yes, Alan came to audition. Um, as Hans Gruber. As um, <laughs> as he wanted to play Lister. Um, that just blows my mind. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is the Red Dwarf. Yeah. He said it would be too easy for him to play Rimmer. Uh-huh. We wanted to play Lister instead. And Fred Molina was mooted for the role of Rimmer. Again, just... Yeah. 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 Well, they haven't got on to do too badly, yeah. have they? No, they've done all right. They're not they're sitting, all right. they're yeah, not they're sitting in this little studio. <laughs> 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 they're they're stretching their legs in Hollywood at the moment, even as we speak. <laughs> well, they might not. They might be sitting at home, you know, wandering around their palaces, sort of going, why didn't I get Red Dwarf? It's <laughs> <laughs> Series 10's about to go out. <laughs> that could have been me. <laughs> Put on some jazz. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much for coming. Honestly, it's been a it's it's been a real pleasure. So I think all that uh, time ago we'd be speaking to the guy from Jethro Tull. <laughs> 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 for the listeners at home, that's exactly what I look. Like. <laughs> Where's your flute? <laughs> In the other studio, that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, <laughs>